Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Okay, uh, I um, am so glad everybody is here. I'm glad. Uh, if you're listening right now, uh, way to go because you are pouring into yourself uh, something that is going to last. And also, I'm so thankful that we have the ability for everybody to be in the room, but also everybody who's listening right now. Um, And like if you're driving your car or whatever, um, this is a great use of your time because you're pouring into yourself and you want to grow. And all Every single leader has to be a learner. And so um, we want to make sure that we continually do that. Uh, I want to read the scripture. This is Luke chapter 9, verse 12. You guys, uh, most of you have probably heard this a kajillion times. So a lot of this is going to be review, which is awesome for us because vision leaks. And any parent knows you just don't say one thing to your kid one time and then they do it forever. You have to continually, consistency is like a secret sauce in leadership. You know, like consistency uh, will cover a lot of blemishes in your leadership. You might not have to be the smartest person. You don't have to have the best idea. You don't have to have all the right words at all the right time. But if you're just consistent, God can really work with that. If you just keep showing up, you know, and the Bible calls that faithful. And so then when, when, uh, when Paul was talking, this is not my notes, I'm just talking. Uh, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said when he, when he was encouraging Timothy to uh, get his team, he said, uh, entrust these things I'm telling you. He said, entrust these things I'm telling you to faithful men and women. Faithful men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to talented men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to really smart men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to everybody who uh, has all, you know, who it makes you feel the best. You know, he didn't say entrust these things to the people who, uh, you know, are deserving of some kind of uh, title or they're, they're hungry for a title and they want somebody to tell them that they're doing good. He didn't say entrust those things to any of those people. He said faithful. He said the people who show in, come in, week in, week out, that are just there, and they're like, you can count on me. I'm here. I'm here. And and God can do a lot with that. And so sometimes we can get frustrated that things are taking a little longer than they need to be, but just realize that faithfulness will always bear fruit, that faithfulness will always, always, always bear fruit. So parents, stick with it with your kids, and uh, leaders, stick with it in your job, and managers, stick with it with your team, and you know, just, just, just don't quit. Just keep going and going and going, and that is nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about. I just wanted to say it. Um, Luke chapter 9, verse 12 said this, um, uh, late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him, to Jesus, said, send the crowds away to nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, you feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't know if you've ever felt like I don't have enough. 
This is constantly what the disciples felt. We only have five loaves of bread, two fish, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. So you think women, children, there's a lot of people. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, and breaking the loaves in pieces. He kept giving, the, kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. I feel like that is such a good Bible verse. They all ate as much as they wanted. That's just awesome. Doesn't that make you smile? I ate as much as I wanted. I just, I love that they put that in there. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Um, I, I just want to go through this uh, scripture again with um, uh, I, I just think there's some lessons here for all of us as leaders, every single one of us. Um, I love when uh, at the beginning uh, the disciples see a problem, so they say send the crowds away to nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. Um, this sounds so smart, right? You got thousands and thousands of people. And... I, I, I think you start looking at this and you're realizing as leaders, a lot of times um, lowering your faith and vision can sound a lot like compassion and practicality. So a lot of times when you start lowering your vision and you start lowering your faith, sometimes it can sound really smart. Sometimes it can sound like compassion, right? Send the people away. They don't have anything to eat. We're trying to be compassionate here. And they are being compassionate. There's nothing, there's nothing here that's saying they're not being compassionate. But sometimes you can hide behind compassion and you can hide behind practicality and not have your own faith and vision stretched. Because not all of us love to have faith and vision stretched. We love to have our answers in nice little boxes so they all fit really well. And you know what? People are messy, and this is going to get real rowdy real quick. And I can already see that guy over there is getting hangry. And so let's send them all away because I don't want to get in the middle of what's about to happen. But Jesus is constantly stretching our leadership. Jesus is constantly stretching our vision. Jesus is constantly telling us what could happen, what could be, what what might happen if you don't send the people away. Don't and and so quit looking at every problem as something that we need to get out of here and look at a problem as something that's going to stretch me, that's going to grow me, that's going to pull me into a new thing of leadership. 
I, I think so many times we get so frustrated with problems and not realizing, again, this is a time that Jesus is trying to stretch me. This is a time that Jesus is trying to stretch our business. This is a time that Jesus is trying to stretch my finances. This is a time that Jesus is trying to stretch my parenting skills. This is a time that Jesus is trying to stre- stretch my relationship. And, and every time that I keep pushing and send them away, send it away, send it away, I'm missing the stretching moment that my vision and faith can get built. And there's so many times for me that I just like problems to go away. I just want problems to go away. I don't like problems. I like waking up and Watson being in a really great mood and eating all the breakfast that I made for him before he even thought about eating. I made you this breakfast, and now you look at me and you say you don't want to eat it. I don't want that problem in the morning. I don't want the problem that comes to my desk that I'm like, what about this thing, and what about this thing, and what about this thing? And we all want problems to go away, but Jesus didn't send problems away. He didn't send this away. He, he said, you feed them. This is probably the most, one of the most frustrating answers that Jesus ever gave. You feed them? I just left all my money to follow you. What, what are you asking me for? Like, have you not realized that I've given away everything? Did you realize? I, I was kind of rich, uh, low-key, when I was a fisherman, you know, owned my own boat, did my own thing, put that all aside. And you remember you said, drop the nets and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And, and so I thought, you know, this was going to work. And now you're asking me to feed 15,000 people. If you would stop healing people, people would stop following us. And making this a bigger problem, you know, like if you, this is kind of your deal. You're the one that they're coming. They're not coming to see me. They're coming to see you. And now you're asking me to feed them. Like this, you, you, you can imagine how, time, how frustrating, the, the frustrating this could be to the disciples and, and how frustrating it is when we pray and God says you're the answer to the prayer. You know, like this is, this gets frustrating. And I wrote this down, um, and this is still messing with me, and I don't even like saying it, but I'm just going to say it because I just, I don't like this question. Can you own a problem without being the answer to the problem? Can you own a problem without being the answer to the problem? Because we all like owning the problems if we can answer them. Let me find you a home. Let me find, you know what, I can, I can fix it. Some of, some of us are really good fixers, and we're like, you bring me the problem, I'm going to bring you 18 answers. You bring, you know, I can just come here, I'll fix it, I'll fix But what about when the problem is too big for you to answer? Can you still own that problem? When you're not the answer. Because that's what Jesus asked the disciples. He said, own this problem, and I know you can't be the answer to it. Own it. You feed them. You you take on the ownership. This is where our vision really starts getting stretched. 
own, own, own these things that are happening in the church right now, but you have no answers to the, those things that are happening in the church. Own these things that are happening in your, in your health and your family right now, but you can't be the answer to it. All you can do is just own it. What does it mean to own it? That you are constantly saying, I'm the one that is going to bring this to Jesus. I'm, I'm the one that's going to take responsibility for that. I don't got an answer for it. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I'm going to take responsibility for it. There are 15,000 people at least that have no food, but I'm going to take responsibility for it. How am I going to get them food? I have no idea at all, but I'm going to own it. How, how are these people going to know God as they come into our church? I don't have any idea yet, but I'm going to own it. How, how is that family going to feel like their kids are going to be taken care of when they bring their kids for the first time in church? I don't have any idea right now, but I'm going to own it. I'm going to make sure that I can do it. There's, there's so many times where our hearts get stretched in this moment when you can own an answer or, or own a problem but not be the answer to it. But the disciples wanted to continually just say, Jesus, just tell me what the answer is. I mean, you remember that in school, right? When you get a hard problem and you're just like, I'll wait the teacher out. Because at some point the teacher is going to give up the answer. Remember that feeling? You know, like I'm just, I don't got to say nothing. The answer's coming. You know, they're not going to. And, and I love this because the disciples are bringing to Jesus, and they're like, well, we feed them. Surely you have an answer because we only have five loaves of fish, or five loaves of bread, two fish. And I'm sure you're not saying that we have to go and buy everybody food because you know that we have no money to do that. And... This is the moment where so many times we get tripped up in leadership. Because Jesus asks us to own a problem that we're not the answer to. But then we constantly try to make us make ourselves the answer to it. And Jesus didn't ask these disciples to bring the people, the food. So many times we look at this and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to bring the five loaves and the two fish to the people. No, you're supposed to bring it to Jesus. But so many times we bring our little to the wrong person. We, we bring our little to this humongous problem and we wonder why people are getting burned out. And you wonder why you feel like you're not enough at your job. And you realize, and you, and you, you realize real quick that you're like, I'm, I'm on my last nerve with my kid. And, you're, you're, and you wonder why we feel so pressure-filled in these huge situations, whether it's like a health issue or it's something uh, that you're, if you're leading the business right now and you're like, how, how do I make this work with this? And you're bringing your five loaves and your two fish to uh, this job every time and you give it to the job and give it to the, and God's never asked you to give it to the job. He's asked you to give it to him. And so you take what you have and you give it to him. 
And you come to the Lord and you say, I can't fix this health situation. I can't fix this moment that feels like it's just way too big. I can't do this on my own. I have to be able to bring this to Jesus because if you do not do this and if you shortchange this and you start becoming the answer, you start burning out. This is burnout. This is how you burn out. You keep giving your five loaves and two fish to the wrong people. And you think that you can be the answer to the situation. And Jesus never asked them to give these people what they had. All he said was you feed them. So he gives us a large, large circle to play with, you know. He he didn't mark it out. He just said you feed them. Well, crap, I don't know how to do that. Jesus, why don't you just take this? He did ask him to do one thing, though. He did say, uh, he, he said, get him in groups of 50. So there is a point where uh, there's some things that God has asked you to do practically. I don't know if you've ever tried to feed 15,000 hungry people, but imagine the craziness that would ensue. And, you know, they didn't have no PA system back then. Okay? So imagine trying to distribute food to 15,000 or so people with no amplification, no, no signage. You know, there's no, there's no rope. There's no anything. There's, and it's hot and just nasty out there. Everybody's mad. Get them in groups of 50. I love that Jesus said this because there's, uh, there is, there's some of you that are so good with detail and there's some of you who are so good with like, man, let me get this baby organized. I just want to let you know that that is a gift from God. And, and it is, uh, it's saving all of our, uh, all of us who are not good. At it, it's saving all of our bacon. You know, like it, because it, uh, it, it could get real weird real quick when we've got basketfuls of food flying everywhere, 15,000 people running up just getting, and some people getting trampled, and some people are not getting food. Some dudes are like stuffing every backpack and running out of there, you know, like because they can't figure out how to get that to just groups of 50. And so, understand that systems are here to help you that system that that maybe some of the frustration that happen that's happening in your job that's happening in your business is not because God's not willing to bless it it's because you don't have a system to contain the blessing that he wants to give you I, I look at our church and uh, this is one of the things that we're working on as a church. We've got wonderful people continually coming to our church. We've got new people coming in, and we got new. And, and what Jess was even talking about earlier, we've got uh, these blessings that God is giving us, church. But if we don't have a system that is able to actually get them in groups of 50 that are able to actually get them fed, then we're going to miss out on blessing that God has given us. So don't buck a system. Just because you're 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 like, well, it's taken away from the 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 newness and the freshness and the and, and and the spontaneity and all that kind of stuff. Well, that actually is great, but you can also have that in and 
and have a system. And actually, if you have a really, really good system, you can have more spontaneity. You can have more creativity. I feel so much more creative when I'm organized. I, I do. I, I'm able to, I, I just take some, some kind of the load off my brain and um, get them in groups of 50. I, I thought this was great. And then um, the last thing is 12 basketfuls. 12 is an interesting number because there's 12 disciples there. And you realize that as a leader, when Jesus asked you to feed them, that if you're faithful, that you don't get burned out. You get blessing if you do it the right way. If you keep ending out on burnout street and you're just like, I'm too tired, I'm too, somewhere along the line, you're giving the wrong thing to the wrong person. Because if you give what you have to God, what God does is he takes it. And then at the end of all of it, you come back with a huge basket full. And where you say, I feel so full and I got so much. This is nuts. I was the one who was giving. How do, how do I have this much? Because you gave it to the right person. You, you, you gave it to the Lord instead of giving it to people. And, try, and trying to give your best to people, and you misinterpreted what Jesus was saying when he said you feed them. So you give what you have to the Lord. This is why, this is why it's so important to have your relationship with God intact. This is why you have to spend time reading your Bible. This is why you have to spend time in prayer. This is why you have to refocus your mind and your life every single day because you're giving your best to God. You're giving your first to God. This is why tithing is so important because what tithing does is it aligns your heart and says, okay, I'm going to give this to God and then God is going to take it, do what he does best. And then in and, and, and tithing, you should never feel like you're like, oh my gosh, where is everything gone because God keeps giving more and more back to you. This is how it works, but it, it, you got it, it, it's the same thing with serving. You serve on Sunday morning. You get here early. You leave late. Everybody else, and you're looking at everybody else leaving after one service or, or something like that, and then all of a sudden you realize that you're leaving Sunday, and you feel like you're taking a basket full with you because you gave it to the right person, though. So whenever, whenever you feel like you're leaving on a Sunday or whenever you're uh, giving your tithe check or whenever you're making, uh, you're feeling like, man, I just, I got nothing left. I would say you're probably giving your best to the wrong thing. That's what I would say. I would say that's the first thing that, that is missing. I'm not giving my best to the Lord. And when you start giving your best and what he's asked you to him, he takes it, makes it so much more. We all know this, um, but it's just a great reminder. Love y'all. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.